and welcome to the Acolytes of Merlin uh, for our first post-Jordanson episode uh, coming after the Wheel of Time and the Stormlight Archive. We're your hosts, John. And Johnny. And we are going to do something a little different today. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, something topical here. Um, Something that is in the, I would say, recent decades only becomes more and more relevant um the topic of the adaptation yes (laughs) and we are taking a very broad view of this uh it will not be strictly say book to movie adaptations um it may be tv show to movie um because technically actually westworld is a tv show to movie adaptation well what if it's movie to well, oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Movie to TV. It, or or you know book. Because I mean. wasn't it based on the Michael Crichton book initially? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, or maybe whatever. Point <laughs> is that it will be um, broad-reaching so we can talk about a bunch of different examples. Yes. Um, so, one one kind of clarification that we were had talked about off-air before... So something like say the Watchmen would the Watchmen HBO show or Blade Runner twenty forty nine would you consider those to be at or or to what extent do we consider those to be adaptations since they're sequels they are direct they are sequels of works that were previously adapted uh kind of the watchman well watchman is both mm-hmm. either the graphic novel or, or more so than the movie obviously and then blade runner 2049 being a sequel to like blade runner based on the philip k dick book right yeah i i will say that i I work in the library field, and we have um, we deal a lot with what certain things that you might find in a library are, um, in order that they may be accessible. And so uh, we have some idea of what 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 constitutes an adaptation. And I will say that broadly, adaptations are not considered the same work as what it was adapted from so you have uh jrr tolkien is the creator is in the creator role of the books but peter jackson is in the creator role of the movie okay it's it's like the primary role so it's 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 principally a new work so in order for it to as you guys as people in the library field would define it, it has to be the same creator for both the book and the movie. I'm I th- no, 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 I'm saying is adaptations in general are not considered the same work. Oh, okay, okay. So, okay, I think that gives us a lot of leeway yes. in determining what would be an adaptation. At that point, I think you do it on some kind of percentage basis. Like what? What elements are you? Because because so many things are derivative in some way or another. Right. Yeah. And like with in both the Watchmen, HBO, and Blade Runner twenty forty nine examples, both without 
talking about any plot details, they are they are both very similar, almost identical thematically as to what is explored in their original, like the original works. Yeah, and it's a but, a, a good argument, obviously, if you have some of the same characters. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, if you have the same characters, uh, if you have the same themes. Right. Um, but but also, like you said, there's no... They, both of those are... I'm using those examples because they're kind of more on the forefront of my thought, but n- neither of that... Like, they're both written, like, originally for the screen. Like, for the screen. Like, because Alan Moore and Philip K. Dick did not write any of the story for either of those. Yeah. So it's it gets kind of tricky. Yeah, I yeah I'd agree with that. Yeah. So, but but I would, I would probably say for both of those, maybe not just because they aren't direct like. It, they're not Blade Runner twenty forty nine and, and Watchmen. Watchmen HBO yeah so you'd say that they are not adaptations I well I mean I correct I I, I would in fact I, I would probably say like they're not directly adapted by something but like I actually think on my like TV show spreadsheet um they're or Watchmen, at least I think I have. Like I, I think I would classify them as like uh, adaptations of like this world or something. Or like I, I would still probably say based like for Blade Runner, I'd still probably say based on. I would probably say I would probably still say based based on Android's Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick. So you, you would you would say though that. Um... For it to be considered an adaptation without qualification, it would need to have the same plot, maybe with right. with, with minor changes. Right. Yeah. Because even in Lord of the Rings, which is pretty fate- faithful, there are minor changes. Right. Yeah, and as we'll get to it, technically, like the Hobbit, the Hobbit's still an adaptation, obviously, but. <laughs> <laughs> to what extent is that the Hobbit versus him adapting Tolkien's world with liberties? Mm-hmm. But we'll get into that. Yeah, I mean, you, and then if if you can, um, it's not a bad idea to factor intention into it. Yes, yeah, that's a good segue uh, into so. What makes a what do we th- a discussion about what we think makes a good and or a bad adaptation? Well, um, a good adaptation requires intention. Yes, a bad adaptation can also involve intention, um, but it can also involve and probably is more likely to involve apathy. Yes, I the the. Uh, Giant uh, <laughs> flying bison in the room um, oh, <laughs> is uh, is an example of apathy, and we will get to that <laughs> for sure. Yeah, some of you already know what he's. What he's it is about. Uh, in the Game of Thrones of bad adaptations. It's the winner, but <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I would uh, agree that 
yeah, I would agree with that statement. I think it a good adaptation takes takes what takes the source material puts it on a different I'm using the word put because whatever <laughs> puts it on a different medium mm-hmm. um, and largely sticks to what <sighs> is it the is it is usually faithful to the plot but could also be more faithful to the spirit of something like say like the Bourne movies which they're like well the first three at least are technically like they're named they're titled after the books but mm-hmm. past the first one they don't they don't the plots don't really resemble mm-hmm. the books and they're not mm-hmm. nor are they necessarily supposed to per se like they're they kind of they're, they're adapting the character and kind of that world but without a lot of the plot specifics now I will say we're we're kind of slipping back yeah, into sorry, what, I, what, <laughs> is, what is an adaptation yeah. but um, you mentioned Game of Thrones so I do feel inclined to say that that is an especially complicated situation yes. because if an adaptation is about the plot the plot of the back half of Game of Thrones doesn't exist or didn't exist. Right. It, it, it didn't. Uh, Game of Thrones, slipping backwards again slightly for a little bit, I, I would probably say Mar- Martin gave them the, like, Martin gave them the broad strokes of the ending. So I, I, I still, I still think it still ultimately counts, although how you look at the good and bad of that, we can get... That's very complicated. <laughs> uh, but I, I would still... Just since the... He, he, like, directly gave them the broad strokes of the ending, so it's still kind of... Com- some parts of it are coming from him. Yes. Yes, but I think that it's not enough to be considered and and it, you know what even if it is broad strokes of the ending depending on how much it is or regardless of how much it is rather it's still not a work yeah it's not it's not a published right yeah thing yeah winds of winter and dream of spring are not out yet and if they were wrong yeah what, what, <laughs> what's what's this yet what's saying, this yet thing yet uh, if they ever come out okay anyways they will yeah. I'm not this isn't a we we already talked we already had a whole discussion in King Killer about like authors and stuff that we're not going to go into now a Game uh, of Thrones is also could be useful in thinking about what makes a good adaptation versus a bad adaptation mm-hmm. because we have some stuff that's good and some stuff that's not so good yes. now that said, the stuff that's not so good is arguably not an adaptation. So yes. maybe, or, or at maybe least, it's not. It's not perfect, right? Or at least some of the stuff that's not so good starts before it becomes not an explicit adaptation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So all right. So getting back on track a little bit more. So I would generally say, like, if you're really going above and beyond to be a good adaptation, you are taking the source material. Adapting it to a different, whatever, putting it on a different medium, and 
making any necessary changes because when you're moving when you're switching over mediums you will have there are certain things that like like you'll have to make changes because the mediums are different uh the hunger games for example it's all for the books of first person mm-hmm. in the movies you get stuff that is not cat that is not fo- like where the camera is not following katniss i think that enhances the movies because they're able to give us more context and stuff uh and stuff yeah that's very academic but uh more, more context that we don't get from cat this is point of view and that could be helpful mm-hmm. uh, and then my crowning jewel that i would say of taking the source material and to a different medium and and enhancing it using what that medium does well is Lord of the Rings. Uh, but we can yeah. get into some more... We are, we're both uh, the... the As a an adaptation as a... As a, as a... as a work in and of itself that I enjoy, the clear winner is Lord of the Rings. Um, but as far as what does the best job and adaptation I would say it's still Lord of the Rings but it's it's closer to some other things yeah that, that that's fair yeah that's fair and I yeah that's fair um yeah I think that's fair and we'll have to get we can, we can get a little more to some of the other things right Just... for me um two adaptations that require mentioning um are Series of Unfortunate Events. Oh, yes. That that is on my list of good adaptations. The most recent not not the movie. Correct. The, most the, the, TV Netflix, show, the Netflix the, the TV, Netflix show. TV yes. show. Which that the reason I put that there is that it does uh, with the costuming and the, the tone it strikes. Right. It it does everything right as far as the adaptation. And then it does make certain changes that make you feel like it's worth it that you're um, watching another or, or experiencing another version mm-hmm. of this story. Um, yes, I won't necessarily go into the sorts of changes it makes. Right. No, no, I would agree with that, especially with especially with like the ending books. <laughs> Just I, I think that those changes in particular helped. In that, like, enhanced and makes makes some of the stuff in the ending make more sense. Yes, yeah, they they um, it wasn't that different, but the ending, but they did take it. it just did not seem as muddled. Yeah, as 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 in the books. And then the other one that I ha- feel I have to mention is the uh, recent movie adaptation of BFG. Okay. That was, my gosh, that was a number of years ago now. Um, but, and many of you probably forgot that that existed. And there's a reason for that, but I still give it credit. Mm-hmm. Because it, with like the exception of one scene, it mm-hmm. is bit by bit the same. Huh. And maybe you're still looking for something more in adaptation than bit by bit the same. I would certainly uh, sympathize with that much of the time. Right. But I think it deserves credit for bringing it to the screen 
whole and unblemished. And just how faithful it was. Yes. Okay. Yeah, no. And that, yeah, and that makes sense. Uh, do we want to go more to a list of good or... Because um, I have a couple more I want to talk about. Or, or yeah, should we, so we're already on good. Let's stay on right. good. So... I, I would so in terms of other good adaptations, I then after so Lord of the Rings would be the like John was saying, the main one for me where it takes I would argue and I enjoy the experience of watching the Lord of the Rings movies more than I enjoy the experience of reading the books. I, 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 I chose those words very carefully. <laughs> uh, because the it's just too you're you're looking at yeah it's it just it, it's the the movies are more digestible they they it's 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 easier for, like it's it, it's easier for me to say to somebody you have to watch lord of the rings cuz you need to watch lord of the rings versus mm-hmm. you have to read lord of the rings <laughs> because 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 circular logic is only okay when it applies to lord of the rings <laughs> yes um whereas reading lord of the rings is a little it, it's tougher to recommend because you're not i mean yeah the movies are massive and very long <laughs> but the yeah. and, and and but reading the books is an ex- it is it's it's more difficult to bring around because it's not as I would argue it's not as easily accessible in particular with how in our current culture we often read or look at plots and books like I look at plots and books like Tolkien's language but Tolkien's language can get be tough to get through if you're uh-huh. not if you're not used to reading like fantasy and stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 And, and the movies keep that style. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's not, it's not hard to, because you can, even some of the things that are especially, some of the lines that are especially Tolkien esque, Mm -hmm. um, you can miss a few and be okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you still, even if you didn't understand what they said, you still get the sense you are in this different place yes. where the characters are speaking in a t- totally different way that makes that yeah that makes you feel like you're just in a in a total other world. Yes. No. That yeah that makes sense. Uh, Arrival is the other one that I is probably by like creep up. It's never nothing's ever going to top Lord of the Rings for me. I don't think, except for a Stormlight adaptation. But we will we'll talk about that later. <laughs> uh, Arrival is the, for, for for some of you out there. Uh, Arrival is the one about aliens with Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner on the cover. And I will say that to me, it looked like one of those big budget boring movies it's not you Uh should see it yep and it's directed by Denis Villeneuve who is uh just incredible and he's also doing Dune and he also did Blade Runner 2049 which would be on my list depending on how we're looking at it I didn't realize those those were both really well received so yeah Um, is Dune gonna be a movie or a tv show movie uh two I think two movies one well supposed to come out at the end of this year 
Um, but Arrival is based on the short story, uh, a story of your life by Ted Chiang. Uh, it's the short story is really good. The movie enhance. It's another example where the movie and I think the medium just enhances it, uh, and you feel like you're without going into details. You're able to feel. Like I, I just think the way that he shot the movie really makes you like feel like you're there a little, and uh, makes adds ten, and some of the plot choices that he added that were not in the book aren't add tension where there might not have been in this short story or novella. Yeah. So so far, what we're seeing is that. For the most part, what's, what makes um, in adaptations stand out in this kind of glutted time of adaptations where you're, you're kind of res- – a lot of uh, Hollywood and other uh, studios are resurrecting this old stuff is if they add something to it that is either – yeah, it, it it works with the new medium. It's um, just all around good writing choices, mm-hmm. and or it enhances some of what the original was trying to convey via uh, techniques and choices that may not have been considered. Back when yes, they or, or or just one that are, ones that aren't necessarily better or um, additive, but that resonate with a modern audience. Yes, no, I would I agree with that. Uh, Bl- Bl- I'm going to put Blade Runner. I, I would also say Blade Runner is a good adaptation. Obviously, people some people are crazy over it. I I think it's really good. I, I more just think the sequel is basically the same movie but with better visuals better acting and uh, like better and like and like the writing's a little bit better okay uh yeah that, that can happen uh, and again uh, me saying that might uh we're gonna say it's probably some we're gonna say some controversial we've I've already said some controversial things on here probably and people mm-hmm. some people might rip me apart for that but I, I I do think that it's yeah. Anyways, but but the actual like movie Blade Runner is a really good adaptation of the book to Android's Dream of Electric Sheep. Yes, um, and I had no idea for the longest time that those were even connected. Well, because it's there's some elements of the there's a couple key elements of the book that are a little more esoteric. It'd be tricky for trickier for them to adapt. Uh, now, there some of them are also kind of crucial to the themes, but what they did with the movie works. Um, so, okay. Uh, do we want to move on to back? There's a couple I want to discuss, but more because um, they're another because you can have an adapt like say the hunger games for instance is a really i consider to be really solid adaptation yes um 
but it doesn't really overcome the books like oh. like you could say Lord of the Rings does or and you mentioned another one as well Arrival or Arrival yeah. I, um Shawshank Redemption is another one mm, uh on that like almost exact same note stand by me I I was yeah I just I just let you say it <laughs> yeah <laughs> that which, was on my mind as well yeah but which I need you to reread and rewatch both of those but those are both excellent mm-hmm. <laughs> uh yeah I totally agree as far as like Man, those would probably push on Lord of the Rings, and it, it, and it's just like because of my interest and biases, nothing's ever going to like top Lord of the Rings in lots of things. <laughs> but like Shawshank and Stand by Me are are very up there as far as adapting a story to a different medium goes. Right. Yeah. Um, Although I would push back a little bit on Hunger Games and say that I think. I think they did enhance, I think the extra context of seeing some of the stuff that's not in Katniss's point of view, like uh-huh. say like during the Hunger Games, does kind of enhance it. And I I have less of a strong opinion on like, I enjoy it more than the books. I don't have quite as strong feelings about the books, but mm-hmm. but but I do really think that that they... That the changes that they make and some of the world building that they're able to do by not following Katniss the whole time do uh, do enhance the experience. Yeah, I, that that's fair, and I wasn't trying to say that they it doesn't do that. Just right, that right. it doesn't um, make me want to say that the movies are better. Okay, yeah, no, that's yeah, that's fair, and. Uh, but better is such a tricky word, and that's why I didn't use it when I was talking about Lord of the Rings because because I I can't because I I don't agree with that statement. But yeah, it's but now there are other things I might there. Um, yeah, all they were were as far as what um, good is as far as uh, yeah I think... as as far as literature and and cinema and even art is something we're going to table for now. Right, yes. Yeah, and there's there are other adaptations I want to talk about that are a little more complicated and are they that are there's a couple that I think are generally good but like at points are not um well but and I want to get so to those do... after bad. Okay, so okay, bad. So yes, yeah, I don't want to and yeah. So I have a pretty short list for bad, but it's a very egregious list. <laughs> uh, so, what makes a bad adaptation? A bad. What makes a bad adaptation very often is not not even. I mean, a- apathy. Yes, but even more so than that, rushing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Pretty much everything that I can think of. Um, either packs way too much stuff in a short time frame. Um, Dark Tower. <laughs> Dark <Yeah>. Tower. <laughs> and your, your uh, bison in the room as yes, well. Yes, Last Airbender. Last Airbender. <laughs> um, but then you even take Aragon, which yeah. is not really cramming in more. It's, it's a right. book to a movie. It's a yeah. parallel thing. Um, but it's still scene by scene. It's very rushed. 
Yes, yes. Because in the book for Aragon, stuff... We're not doing do any spoilers, but stuff... There are points in the book where you get to breathe a little bit at times. Even though you, there, there's a quest there going on and they're moving, you get, do get some time to breathe. There isn't... Or at least each each kind of some of the scenes that need more of a moment get their moment, and then the book and the movie that's not the case. And there there are things about how do you say Allegasia? Yeah, I think Allegasia. Allegasia. Um, there are things about that world that I think are interesting. Yes. Um, and different. Um, even though it's even though it's largely derivative. Um, yeah, I think there are things that are interesting. Um, whichever, just wholesale, whether you're talking about stuff that's kind of copycat and stuff that's original and interesting, right. the movie doesn't give a damn about any of it. Right? Yeah, it's the <coughs> it makes no <coughs> excuse me, it makes no effort to explore the world at all. You can feel the lack of atmosphere. Um, I wouldn't say that in the books are the best example of putting you in an atmosphere, Agreed. but you can it's... tell that he, that Paolini really cared about yes. conveying the... his world. Yes. Because he, he had, he his, he had yeah. his map. He really liked his world. Mm-hmm. Um, and you didn't get any of that in the movie. And then the scenes with Galbatorix were really just being John Malkovich. Right. Because he was just John Malkovich. It, yeah, it, it's, I don't, he's not that imposing and whatever. He's just a bad I version d- of that character. I don't, I don't think he tried. Yeah. Neither did the writers. Because <laughs> he's not he, in the he book. Did, he, did, <laughs> he didn't even have anything right. to base it on. Because right, because he's he, not in the book. Because he's not in the book. <laughs> Like you don't, well, whatever you don't. If you want, if you can take an opportunity to um, do a bad guy in the way that it's often done and is done in Aragon, which is all through world of Ma- word of mouth, which is how um, what you do, what they did with Voldemort, right? For a very uh, for mm-hmm. a lot of the story, it happened with um, word of mouth um, villains. Well, that's. Uh, Cell and Dragon Ball Z. It's what came to mind. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> even a couple of the, even even many of the villains in Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. that it did it like that. Um, Until they're on screen for like episodes of screaming. But <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway. Uh, sorry, I totally um, derailed. Yeah. So that is is that your short list? Well, um, my short my short list is Last Airbender, Aragon, and The Hobbit. The Hobbit. Um, like sure. la- la- Last Airbender, I would say the. Last Airbender, you said the apathy and just, just the sheer laziness of the Last Airbender. It just the sheer, almost proactive laziness. Ong, Soka. See, it, it, Eero, it just it pains me to say those names like that. But it's it's you have an entire show where they're literally pronouncing the names. You're not even adapting a book, and for whatever reason and. The and because that, that 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 you can't help but think that that's intentional, right? Because yeah. how, how can it not be intentional? Right. Um, Shyamalan is not challenged in the English language, right? It's yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like that's lazy. The 
just the world building in general and the bending and I get it. So in the show, without going into plot details, a lot of the bending is tied. How people bend is largely tied to the philosophies that go along with those bend that with uh, those bending styles. Mm-hmm. And the show it takes that's the whole point of the show is kind of ex- showing different benders using those philosophy or like exhibiting those philosophies while they're bending, and that's mm-hmm. kind of the whole. Uh, that's kind of what that's kind of the whole show is Aang's journey to learn the philosophies that go along with the mm-hmm. actual bending, which is he he doesn't just um, uh, imitate the moves of right. whoever he's training under, right? And then he, you know, is um, on a planet in a cave lifting rocks for a few days. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> He does have to understand. <laughs> it's like it's because because it, it's not an easy thing. Not because not so many people can't do the physicality of right. it, but because it, it's it takes a lot of mental discipline. Right, and that I, I, I get. I'm not. Ex, I wouldn't expect them to be able to. Maybe that's just part of the, being a bad decision to adapt it in movie form versus what well, what Netflix is trying to do now is going to do with the live action TV show because like that was which kind of goes back to cramming but you can still do more than they did with that and they showed it wasn't just when he's learning water bending you get tidbits of it with air bending like I'll give him that or Aang doesn't want to fight but that you he can have a tidbit with that but like the like there there are some things where you can put it down to um cramming like all of the exposition ex- yes. exposition over character yes um but you can't uh attribute um the mispronunciation mispronunci- of names or the just just any unnecessary changes from the source material that don't have to do with time. Right, exactly. Yeah, like these, like there are, I'm not even going to plot details, but there are choices that there is something that a character of a certain bending type does towards the end of the movie that every single person of that bending type should be, like, is able to do because that's the whole point of that bending style and everyone freaks out when this character does that at the end of the movie being like oh they're so powerful and i'm like no you're missing the whole point <laughs> and, 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 and even if you even if you say that um there's that one scene where it's when when you think about what uh benders in the show can do it seems really really wimpy yes and well okay so the, there's two examples of that are you thinking of what the earthbenders they do mm-hmm. yeah they they do this whole big martial arts display which i don't know what five or six guys yeah and then they all just move this tiny rock and the whole point of earthbending is kind of like very very almost pretty sharp concise movements Mm -hmm. 
because the whole point of earthbending is you're going, you're doing stuff very directly. Like everything's very direct. This, their movements were not direct. It was some weird form that I don't know what martial arts style it was. And, and neither do they. Right, neither, 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 neither do they. But yeah, they, it's like, okay, we gotta have, uh, we gotta put choreography in here. Right. Because it's not like we can make it interesting by shooting it in an inter- interesting way. So we right. have to make it look like this. And we have to have this little rock fly because that takes money. We're not gonna, right. Yeah. And, and not gonna then, upend the whole, the, you know, plane or whatever. Right, and then yeah, then uh, okay. Here, here, here's this isn't a spoiler, but here's my other one with the bending is the, there are scenes where the fire or f- f- firebenders they generate fire from their body. Yeah, and like that's just, that's how you firebend in the show. Uh, these fi- the firebenders in the show they take fire that's already existing and they basically waterbend it. And I'm like, no, that's not how that works. There are instances in the show where people kind of generate other generate fire to almost like cancel out or dispel or redirect fire, and certain, or at least that's what it kind of looks like in the show. But like, but there's no nod to the the core, right? Pun intended. Yes, the core uh, method of using right uh, firebending, right. Where because that's water bending and there's like the whole like change and like kind of redirecting that stuff that's literally change and redirection right. re- redirecting um I mean fire is one of the four it's like, and it's important obviously um but you can say that the the generating from your own it's body. Cre- it's cre- you're creating life is kind of like creating or, life, or potentially which, destruction. But yes, or potentially destruction. Um, but even within creating life, that can lead to um, ap- appreciation of said life yes. and responsibility and things of that nature. Um, but it can also lead to arrogance yes. and being self-serving mm-hmm. and not connecting with. Uh, nature around them yes. and what you what we would eventually you know the the right. what comes of that nature yes and god see i'm getting so excited because now i'm remembering how good the show is <laughs> but then i forget oh we're not talking about how good the show is we were talking about how bad the movie is <laughs> okay right. All but, right. but you kind of you kind of have right. to talk exactly. about how good the show is in yes. order to talk, because it, the movie you know, the show is a really good show. Yes. The movie is a really bad movie, just apart from one another. The right. fact that they are the same so, yes, story. Yes, is makes it that is, much it worse. It makes it, yeah, just kind of puts it on a higher level of yeah. of uh, disappointment. Yeah, so. Say. All right, that's, so that's the last Airbender <laughs> rant. Uh, right. <laughs> Aragon, we talked about The Hobbit. A lot of stuff. It's fun. It's funny. So we just we talked that cramming was a big issue in general, but the Hobbit has the exact opposite has problem. Has the exact opposite problem <laughs> where they extend. This... He has nothing but time. Right, and to, to and they. It's it's not Lord. The book is not Lord of the Rings. You don't have. I mean, there's a lot of world building because it's Tolkien. But The Hobbit is a children's story when it comes... Or children, mm-hmm. YA, however they would define mm-hmm. it in the 30s. Like, because they... But, like, 
The Hobbit is a is a children's story. You, and, with, and, and there's right. going to be world building, but you're not going to world build it in the same way. No. You're going to um, have a lot of things that are scary and delightful, but there's not going to be... There shouldn't be really politics right. in it. Right. No, and, and, and the... the the depth, the depth. There shouldn't be. There shouldn't be as much depth because you. Shouldn't, there shouldn't be really be lore. Lore, yeah, that lore, yeah, yeah. Like you, you, or at least what's there. You, you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to understand the deep lore in order to understand like the main parts of the story, uh, which is what the case with the Hobbit book and mm-hmm. is the case with the movies. But like he insert it, it's. Because the Hobbit movie becomes, which it, I see arguments for it should have been two movies. Three is absolutely unnecessary. Yeah, unconscionable. Yeah, because you're, the movie of movies became, the, the movies became the Hobbit plus Lord of the Rings appendices and some Silmarillion stuff and other Tolkien note stuff. That has nothing to do with The Hobbit. Or at least is very tangentially related to The Hobbit. Which, if you put a an unassuming nod to the Silmarillion in The, Hob- in the Hobbit movie, I think it can really enhance it. It'll, yes. it'll be a, mm-hmm. a, a, a an opportunity to do something different. It'll be... Um, it'll be good fan service, right? Um, and you can say, people, and it and it could serve the movie, right? The, yeah, like you could do more stuff. Well, I with like Bilbo Gollum in the Ring, like those type, like that types of stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, like it, it could serve the movie, and it could be like it could say to fans or just people in general, oh, this guy's paying attention to details because he was able to choose stuff from the appendices or the notes of the Silmarillion that fit within the story and and enhance the story, but but was still was still not, and maybe a few nods to Lord of the Rings, but weren't it didn't kind of create this larger conflict that's not there in the book. Yes, and um, one that is uh, lacking in substance, largely, and great in spectacle. Right, yeah. yeah. Which describes much of particularly um, Battle, Battle of Five, Five Armies. Armies. Yeah, that, that's what I was... Th- yeah, that's what I was thinking, and which is... In particular, the, the Battle of Five Armies in the book is like five pages or something, and it's not. It, it's it, it's. I haven't read The Hobbit in a long time, but but it's it's from what I remember, it, it's mostly there just to serve. Like you only see what you need to see through Bilbo's for what's important to Bilbo. Right. No, and that, but that is a concession that I would have been willing yes, to make. Agreed. So so you make it two movies, Peter Peter Jackson. You want to have. You want to give twenty minutes, right? To the to to, to mm-hmm. the to the Battle of the Five Armies. Fine, it's five armies. It's what you do well. Right, you can have that. Yes, like he's done some of my he has done my favorite on screen battle sequences in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, he can do that, but that's not what he 
did. Instead, we get, here's some ridiculous weapon that this army has now, and I'm going to put it here without any explanation because I feel like it, and just because I can, and visually we can do it. Uh, which also kind of, and this is more of a nitpick on the film as opposed to the film as an adaptation, but the difference with the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings is just the meticulousness with which the, the world, the, and detail with which the world was created in Lord of the Rings. And it was, and with the Hobbit, just so much of it was green screen and an overabundance of CGI, which led to like not feeling that. I mean, the necro, without spoiling it, in the necromancer scene, I, I I haven't picked it apart from what I've read. The the actors involved weren't even in the same location. That they were literally they filmed they shot their sequences for the necromancer castle sequence in separate physical locations. And when you learn, like I I enjoyed it while it's, I was watching yeah, it. Yeah, it's a fun it's a fun fight sequence. Yeah, um, it looks cool. But knowing but knowing that later and just thinking about how. There wasn't a, oh there wasn't a lot of setup for this. Later, I came to think, oh, I don't really appreciate that as much in hindsight. Right, and I again, I I do think it's it, it's it's a fun scene to watch. Like I, I'll still like watch it because it looks cool, but like mm-hmm. it, it just it doesn't have consequence for this. Like this, it, it's not related to the story of the Hobbit, other than like, well, that's where Gandalf was. And well, now we're gonna foreshadow Lord of the Rings, and oh look, here's the eye. Spoilers, here's the the eye. <laughs> it, and and that was a really good visual effect. It was on a good visual effect. It was, but yeah, but, if you're going to do something like that, that is a, a time especially that I would just do it from Bilbo's perspective, because you're already risking hmm. um, getting out of that realm of the yes. hobbit type world at least give us that connecting link by including bilbo in right. there because otherwise it's like this is i like i this does seem like it's in the same world but i don't know why it's in this movie except right. oh cool oh look this is a thing you know right yeah exactly and i and i, I do like that they expanded you know without coming like that. <laughs> we're getting more into the details in certain things that i thought but that's fine uh, the expanding stuff with Thorin and some of Thorin and some of that I liked because C- that that was a a kind of something that you can make the story give the story more context uh, that isn't as much there in the book and that's cool. But I mean, they still took that a little too far. The, the scene of him alone in the mountain, yes, is great. Yes, and I I that that kind of gets flack, and I'm like, I don't know why that 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 is not something that was done in the book, but it is. It's something we saw a little bit in Lord of the Rings, um, but the visuals really served. Yes, what they were trying to say there, mm-hmm. and it is something that we only saw glimpses of in the book. And I liked seeing more of it because it, because it, because it was character based. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're serving someone who is an important character, but we don't really get a lot of in the book because the book's about Bilbo. Yes, or, or and that, that brings us back to the the whole Hunger Games thing and how right. it's it's, yeah. it's good to have some variety, just right. not as much as they had. <laughs> yes, um, right. including uh, last bit to mention. Yes, 
uh, in the third movie, oh, especially this, this Legolas. Yeah, that's, I thought you were going there. <laughs> who they kind of made into Mario, both with <laughs> the hopping, hopping on the the blocks in the yeah. air and generally being invincible, which Mario does have the ability to yes, be invincible. Right, Legolas is just invincible. All of the time, right? Yeah, and he, yeah, and he also gets to date Kate from Lost, but <laughs> or he, no, 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 he doesn't date her because she gets with the. Okay, that was also really weird. The dwarf. yeah, that was that was the thing. <laughs> but actually, Legolas ha- has always been invincible. Actually, if you think about it, both Aragorn and uh, well, let- Gimli and Boromir, aw, yeah, <laughs> all get. Like Gimli gets knocked down, he gets like trapped under a right, uh, under an yeah. orc, ha ha ha. And Aragorn, you know, has a really hard time fighting the Urukai at the end of Fellowship, yeah. and he um gets like he's getting his head stepped on at, at the right. battle at, at the Black Gate. Yes, Legolas never even gets knocked down. No, his face it's... gets dirty. That's about it. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. But, but even in the Hobbit, I don't remember him even that even that happening in the Hobbit movies. No. <laughs> yeah, he gets this like yeah, which it's funny because he's like how many years like less experienced and like elves don't really age. So like, <laughs> or at least like they age so slowly that. That amount of time wouldn't would probably make him more towards his prime. <laughs> he's, um, he's literally not in in the you know in the in the in the muck of failure like the rest of us. He, he can walk <laughs> on snow that right. everyone else has to muscle through. Right. Which, and ultimately, I'm fine with Legolas in the movie. He he, he gets some fun parts and his. It's, tar- it's, it's tar- far from the worst. Right, it's far from the worst. And same thing I with... like his father a lot. That yes. actor did a really good job. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Toriel, she's fine. I don't have a lot of thoughts on her other than that the dwarf romance is really, really uh, weird. Yeah. I, I, like, I get what you, they were trying to do with that, but it just didn't. It didn't land. They, are, they already did it with Legolas and Gimli, and, right, and, it, and that yeah. was so much better. Yeah. Um, Okay, okay. Uh, uh, other... I, uh, the Dark Tower. I, mean, oh, okay, I didn't yes. need to okay. talk yep, about the yep, Dark yep. Tower. <clears throat> so that was a long, really long gestating <laughs> adaptation. Um, <laughs> because the last, uh, it, it was published from late 1970s to early 2000s. It's seven books. All in one movie, it takes elements from a bunch of different things. It changes. Is there stuff from every single? There is stuff. Is there stuff from every single? Is there stuff from the second one? I don't think there's stuff from the second one. And then there's yeah. not stuff from the fourth one either. No, there's arguably bits from the. F- oh, yeah, okay. Because you get the yeah, flashbacks. Yeah, flashbacks. Yeah. Okay, um, and then. Yeah, maybe not six. Yeah, th- I mean five, six, and seven kind of run together in some places. Yeah, but, but it's a kind of. But yeah, not second. Thing. Which that's why. Fa- <laughs> yeah, the second one is my fa- is my favorite of all of them. So no, we're gonna why. save all of the you know all the all the most of the character introductions or half of the character introductions for the next movie which is definitely <laughs> going to happen right and there was it was it amazon that the show was going to be on 
Or is there... Is, Presumably no, is, is. I haven't heard anything about it getting canceled. So it's still just stuck in development purgatory. <laughs> I mean, they... They said it was happening, didn't they? It said they? it was like... happening, and they can honestly take so many liberties. They should still... It would still be less than the movie took. It depends, but... like, how much that they want to totally distance themselves. They can do a lot different and still claim it's in universe. Right. Um the one thing they would need to do is to ca- cast a younger black actor for Roland. Right. Yeah. Is the one thing they need to do if they want to claim that. Yeah, the um, they don't even have to do that if they just want to say this is this didn't this thing. didn't happen. <laughs> right. It you know it, it's it's really yeah, it Yeah, it, it really it, it's it, it's so interesting because of almost any t- of almost any adaptation this is one of the adaptations off the top of my head where you can take the most liberties with because the series Mm -hmm. itself is so bonkers in how in how kind of it's continuity and like rules which all not like not not saying that as a value judgment but just it's how loose it is that with certain things that there's a lot you can take a lot of liberties and still it can still work but yeah and and you and and that's when we say liberties we're talking about plot but there are many other kinds of liberties that you can take that are sometimes more damaging um what we will get will in the complicated ones we'll get to another one of my favorite series and this is kind of in that boat as well yeah but you can there are so many you you can take so many liberties with the plot of the Dark Tower that it's yes. not even funny. You could do so much as a good storyteller yes. um, with that, but you do have to be a good storyteller because yeah. King is a storyteller first and foremost. And for people who haven't read it, the world is just like he he spilled his imagination on the page. Yep. It's mm-hmm. so it's it's like a Jackson Pollock. It's 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 so many yeah. different types of things. You got yeah. western, you got horror, you got fantasy, fantasy. sci some, maybe sci- some sci-fi. Oh, absolutely yeah. sci-fi. Yeah, like it's like some just fiction I like some more just general fiction element like fiction elements. Yeah, it's Yeah, you got you got some of that because um, some of it takes place on yeah, on Earth. Earth. Yeah. Um, so you have that as well, but so basically, you had like a little bit of um, lip service lore um, in the movie, but there was no sense of imagination. Yeah, there. it was. Yeah, you had a couple of things from the series that may have. That I know were enough for some people that were like, oh, that's a little different. I'm glad I saw this movie. Um, personally, I think that even n- trying to distance myself as a fan of the books, right. it is still nonetheless a, a generic action movie and not a particularly good with with some interesting, um, right. with some interesting things with, with um, some nice feats by the hero that I that I think are good. Um, yes. But there's uh, a lot of misplaced humor. Yeah, the, the tone is weird. And the tone of the books is 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 weird, but like you said, just because it's... But like, with a movie, you're, the movie is not Stephen King writing this over a period of like 
20 of like 20 years this right. is like you have a more concise creative team that's able to come up with something a more cohesive more immediately they have cohesive. they have an advantage that they're not really using right yeah the actors did a good job. Yes, Idris. Uh, yeah, Idris Elba's great. Idris Elba's Idris uh, Elba's great. Um, Matthew, Matthew McConaughey does yeah. does a really good. I, yes. I think he. I think he does a really yeah, good job. Yeah, he does. Um, he. I did picture. Um, I, I thought I, I I don't really have any critiques as far as what there was there. I don't really have any critiques of. Idris Elba's performance, or, or anything that I could have seen differently. Right. With Matthew McConaughey, I did picture that character a little more crazy. Yeah, the, the, yeah. There's a little more like it, it's a little less subtle. It's a little in the books. It's a little less. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. And then. Ed, uh, uh, I don't know the uh, Jake's Jake. actor's name, but, yeah. but he but he did it yeah. really good. He no, did it really yeah, good job. I, I liked him. Yeah, no, I liked him. Um. But yeah, what? So as an adaptation, what bogged that down was uh, lack of, lack of time. Cra- yeah, cramming. Lack of, of lack of uh, creativity and imagination. Um, just. Disjointedness, um, and yeah, just not not feeling like enough of a entity unto itself that you can like pick out from other movies. Right. No, I'd agree with that. Because you can, regardless of what you think of it, you can pick Dark Tower, the Dark Tower series. Out of a lineup of however many oh, yeah. fantasy series you want to put in a line. Oh yeah, because yeah. that's that distinct. Yeah, just say yeah. Like regardless of like a given person's opinion, the series is super unique. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and the movie's not. <laughs> um, okay, do we? All right, we should make a d- decision. So we're like coming up on an hour. Some of the ones that I have to discuss are going to be not short conversations, like <laughs> Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, uh, in particular, and then getting, and that's before get, and then, well, I'll just list the ones that I, I wrote down that I want to talk about. Some along with others. Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, Man in the High Castle, Ender's Game, The Expanse, The Witcher, both even though I haven't played the games and haven't finished the books, like books in the show, Castlevania, the Netflix show, even though I haven't just kind of based on hearsay. Mm-hmm. And then I want to touch on Wheel of Time, Dune, and any future Stormlight thing and whatever else you come up with. The only one I had to um, contribute was Magicians. Yes. Um, and yeah, we'll. Um... We'll tackle those in another episode. Yeah, no, yeah, because like as we're approaching, I'm, I was thinking we should just push it and for it and go. But I, th- there's enough here that I want to give like time to, and I don't think that we'd be able to adequately do that in like a half, even like a half hour. Yeah. So, all right. So this has been what is now part one of mm-hmm. our ad- discussion of adaptations. Uh, we are your hosts. Johnny and John and thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.